You're listening to the Heart and Hustle podcast. We are your hosts, Evie McLeod and Lindsay Roman. Thank you for tuning into another show, my friend. Welcome to the Heart Community, where we combine business and marketing strategies with heartfelt real talk about life, right? Like all the good stuff. And our goal with the show is to always help you thrive in your business and life. And if you've listened and loved any of our past episodes, would you mind taking two minutes to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or rate us on Spotify? Either of those makes this show able to happen for free, and it genuinely means the entire world to Evie and I. Now, today's episode is a recording of a real-life conversation we had with our friend, Angie Lee. And we are diving in on everything Instagram marketing and specifically jamming out on how Evie and I use our Instagram stories to build connection with our audience versus sell via stories when the time comes when we're launching or pushing something specific. And I just, I think there's a lot of nuance when it comes to how to organically, you know, connect and sell on Instagram, especially via stories. And in this episode, we're just, we're spilling it all. We, We are going there. Angie asked us a bunch of really great questions all about how we approach Instagram, from the difference in how we view feed posts versus stories, how we deal with comparison on the gram, specifically how we batch create content, how to strategically sell on stories, and whether or not the aesthetic of your stories and Instagram overall is really that important anymore. We have thoughts. We have so many thoughts and we spilled them all for you today. Now, I cannot wait for you to listen to this episode. It is just such a real life fun conversation that I hope encourages you. I hope it gives you helpful insight and I hope it empowers you to approach Instagram with fresh eyes. So without further ado, let's get to the show. All right, I have something to tell you. It's huge. The next 2023 Heart Conference is coming and pre-sale tickets officially go live on Monday, October 17th. Guys, I know, we're telling you this straight up because we don't want you to miss this. We're doing something absolutely insane. We're discounting the pre-sale tickets 40% off for one week only. That's 4-0. It's bananas. So just to repeat, pre-sale tickets for the next Heart Conference will only be available from Monday, October 17th to Sunday, October 23rd. And again, we're discounting them 40% off that week only. We're insane. And if you're like, wait, wait, what? Another heart conference is happening. When is it? Where is it? Well, we haven't quite told you that information yet. So we're doing something super fun. In typical T-Swift Easter egg fashion, we're doing a huge scavenger hunt leading up to October 17th, dropping clues to the location of the next heart conference. Have you noticed? Do you have any guesses on where we're going in 2023? It's scavenger hunt time, friends, and we will officially reveal the location and the date of the next heart conference when pre-sale tickets go live on October 17th. Now, this next part is so important, so listen up. When you join our conference waitlist right now at conferencewaitlist.com, three things will happen. One, you'll be the first to know about the 2023 location and dates and get access to the 40% off tickets before the public does on October 17th. Two, you'll receive the scavenger hunt clues directly to your inbox instead of just randomly on social media. And three, you'll be entered to win a VIP conference ticket just by signing up for the waitlist. Guys, so many good things, so many good things, but you got to join the waitlist. So head to conferencewaitlist.com to be the first to access the tickets on October 17th, get all the clues sent directly to your inbox and be in the drawing to win a free VIP conference ticket. That's conferencewaitlist.com to sign up, grab your spyglass and get to cracking the code. Friends, we will see you on October 17th. You're listening to the Heart and Hustle podcast with Evie Rupp and Lindsay Roman, two photographers turned entrepreneurs and founders of the Heart University. If you're a creative entrepreneur or a motivated dreamer wanting to make the most of your life, this podcast is for you. Each week, Evie and Lindsay bring you actionable tools to uplevel your business and life. So if you're ready to step up to the plate and pursue your God-given potential, you're in the right place. You're ready to live your life and run your business to its fullest? Then buckle up, 
because here are your hosts, Evie and Lindsay. Okay, friends, I am so excited that you gals are on because you are two of my favorite people to follow on Instagram, in addition to just being my friends, but you guys are exceptional at Instagram stories. There's only so many people that I follow that I'm like, oh, this is going to be interesting, or this is going to bring me some sort of value, whether it's education or entertainment, or it's going to evoke some sort of emotion. And so I want to break down stories, the intention that you guys put into them, how you use them in your business, the do's, the don'ts. Like, let's just have a juicy, open conversation about IG stories because, I mean, in addition to Reels, it's, it's probably my favorite social media platform and, and part of Instagram. I think stories is where it's at. I love stories. I know you guys love stories. I actually don't even like the feed. I think the feed's boring. I want yeah. to do stories all day. Relatable. It's, true. it's, <laughs> it's super fun and... Different than stories. What's kind of your game plan? Because I, I do think behind every great creator is a lot more intention than people think. You make it look easy, but I think that you guys are obviously, I know you're smart cookies and you're putting more intention behind the story than just, oh, here's, I was gonna say my cat, but you guys don't have cats. <laughs> here's my cat eating food. But like there's intention behind that, behind yeah. even just showing something simple. So welcome and let's dive in. Yay. <laughs> We're here for it. We're here for it. So, I love it. Let's start with your game plan when it comes to stories. What's your intention when you post a story? Well, actually, you know what? Let's break back up. I want to first know what you guys think as marketers. What do you feel is the difference between the feed and stories, the pros and cons? How do you use them differently? And then I want to know what... I want to literally dive into each of your brains when you create stories, what you're doing. Because you guys are very different with your stories, but also still very... (laughs) impactful. You have two totally different brands and feels, but yet it's very cohesive and it's very consistent and it feels very... There's intention behind it. So yeah. Totally. Well, I'm Absolutely. actually glad you said that because the biggest difference for me with... I mean, Instagram as a whole, the feed and reels is where you grow to like... If you're wanting to like gain more followers, gain more traction is as like far as like your... Yeah, the reach. Whereas if you only story, you're not going to grow your follower account. However, that's where I think you nurture and really build relationship with the, per- the your current followers. Evie, would you agree with yeah, that? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think in my mind and, and the way that I almost like think of it is like reels and feed posts and carousels and, you know, whatever is more of like, like the cold calls, like you're, you're reaching out to people who may or may not know who you are. Yes. There's some value in there. Like that's so important. Lindsay and I talk about that all the time. I know Angie, you talk about that, but that's a little bit more of like the cold approach. So you're reaching people who may or may not know you. Whereas, reels. Yeah, absolutely. Whereas I view stories as like the behind the scenes, pull back the curtain, like FaceTiming a best friend. That's where like that deep connection and that actual like ability to have more vulnerable, unfiltered, like doesn't matter. And I, I'm not saying like reels need to be super curated or super filtered these days. I think that's actually broken any final thread of like perfectionism or curation that Instagram had remaining, like reels just annihilated that. But there's still an element of that more like personal aspect, like you were saying, Angie, on stories that can sometimes be missed in like reels or feed posts to people who don't know you. They're like, why should I care about X, Y, Z? But in your stories, they're like, oh, 
I love that Angie is talking about, you know, XYZ because I just connect with her on like a human level. So mm-hmm. I think there's just a completely different when I view the the more like feed stuff, like reels and and carousels and feed posts or whatever versus stories. I'm viewing stories as like, I want this to feel like you're getting like a Marco Polo from your best friend or like you're getting a quick random FaceTime from a bestie being like, bro, the funniest thing just happened to me. You know, whatever that your brand voice is, like it's the bestie connection place, if that makes sense. Oh, I love that. That's literally how I think of it when I'm on there. I'm like, what would I just tell my friends? Oh, obviously the funniest, most embarrassing thing that just happened to me. So (laughs) here we go. And the more I stepped into that, the better the engagement became. Just everything grew because... Mm -hmm. We are, this sounds so cheesy, but we are so in the time of authenticity. Like it's, Mm -hmm. it's the best time to be authentic. Yes. (laughs) Well, and I think too, I think we're in the time like authenticity, hashtag authentic has been trending for so long, but I think we're even more in a phase where like, I forget who said this. We were talking to somebody, it might've been Brock Johnson. We were talking to somebody who was saying people's rate, like authentic scam radar is so fine tuned. They can tell when somebody is trying to be hashtag authentic versus when somebody is actually being truly transparent and authentic. You know, of course there's varying levels of that on social media. You don't have to bear your whole soul on social media, but you're being authentic in what you are sharing. And people can truly tell the difference between somebody who's trying to do it for marketing ploy and somebody who's actually doing it in a genuine way. So it's like become more vital to be genuinely authentic than ever before, not just the hashtag trend. That's so true, right? Then there's faking authenticity. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh man, that's crazy. I feel like like you can so tell though, the minute you like see somebody trying to like be, you know, a certain way. I think it's because, especially with personal brands and, and on Instagram, I think we've seen that, I mean, it's a fact, personality sells or like, like building trust and connection sells. Like that is a marketing principle. That is a fact. So when you apply that to business growth and everyone's wanting to grow their business and get more followers, like they're like, Oh, okay. So sharing about my dog will, will, or or sharing my vulnerabilities, that's really going to get more sales. So then they're doing it from like a slimy place Mm-hmm. of like trying to get something out of it versus just genuinely wanting to make someone's day better by letting them know they're not alone or giving them a laugh or something like that where it's like that's your that's you actually being authentic. Yeah, it's interesting because when I do share something vulnerable, there's no CTA at the end. It's just like, hey, this is what I'm going through. If you're going through it too, let me know and and I want you to know you're not alone. That's one of my intentions before I post is reminding people they're not alone. I think that's a really healthy intention, but you're right. If there's always a CTA after like, okay, so then sign up for my sad to happy course below. <laughs> like, all right, Katie, like we know where this is going. Yeah. <laughs> it's so true. You know, they're like, I went through, I broke up with my boyfriend and now I'm sad. And so click below yeah. to join my master class. You're like, yeah. Hey, <laughs> I was like, think, okay. I think the Gen Z generation that has grown up with the internet fishes that out, just like Evie says, like so freaking hard. They know when a webinar is coming and a course is sold at the end of it. They yeah. know. Like, well, and I think like Lindsay and I have been actually discussing this recently. There is such value because those like radars are so like intense and strong and finely tuned in like Gen Z. And just I feel like all of us have gotten so used to like, 
oh, this is free. This is free. This is free. And a webinar. Like, and they're going to sell me on Like we're used to that. It's so valuable now to just be upfront and be like, hey, I made something. I really created it to bless you. And I think it would, you know, change XYZ. So I'm going to try to sell it to you. Like there's a transparency even within the sales, which I feel like we're getting off of stories and into sales now, (laughs) but we're all over the place. There's a value there. So all that being said, being transparent in stories is great too. I'm curious what your intention is behind stories as a marketer. I want to jump inside y'all's. I need to start saying y'all now because I'm in Texas. Y'all's brain. <laughs> That's so weird, but I'm going to try it. I'm, <laughs> I want to jump inside y'all's brain and hear your intention behind your stories. You know, for me, my intentions are always levity and learning because I want my, my, I want my place to be a respite. I want it to be uh, a lot of comedy and, and similar to you, Lindsay. I know you do a lot of that as well. Like it's, it's silly. It's weird. It's, it's, and that's part of the experience there. So I'm curious for both of you, because you guys are similar, but different. What's your intention behind the stories or any content on Instagram? Is it, okay, it's education or it's entertainment, or this is, would you put it in boxes? Like, how do you organize it? Because I think a lot of listeners, they don't know what to post or what to say or where to start. So yeah. it's this overwhelming feeling of, am I entertaining people? Am I educating them? Can it be a mix of both? Yeah. Everyone has different thoughts on this and, and everybody's brand is different. Some people's brands, they don't want to entertain. They just want to educate and that's fine too. There's no perfect answer to this, but I'm curious how you guys approach it. Yeah. yeah. We actually, we're literally going through like an identity crisis right now, currently. Um, <laughs> Everybody is in the world. It's <laughs> like, true. Well, because Evie and I both started as wedding photographers. And so our our personal main business page, it was all the same, was wedding photography. And as we kind of incorporated ourselves into that a little bit more, sharing our personal life on our stories. Like, yes, we were still wedding photographers, but the reason our accounts grew and the reason that people were booking us for photography was because of us, because of our personal brand. So as that grew and we started The Heart, we slowly started scaling back on photography. So then our personal pages almost became like influencer, just personal brand pages. And then obviously we do coaching on there. Whereas then like, the heart is strictly for education. So we're currently like, this is just real talk. We, I mean, yeah. Evie, maybe if you have different thoughts about that are more co- cohesive, like we're <laughs> truly right now trying to navigate what that pivot looks like mm-hmm. and, and being like, okay, so I mean, literally I, right now I'm like sitting here, I mean, Angie, we've voice message about this, but I'm just like, I therapy with Angie. <laughs> right. And how does this make you feel? <laughs> This is healthy. No, I actually think people hearing this is the most healthy thing in the world because they assume that you always have it figured out as a creator. And that's not the truth. It's, it's constantly ebbing and flowing, you know? Well, here, listen. Yeah. To anybody that's listening, like even the queen of England doesn't have it all. Well, maybe she does, but like everyone below her, no one has it all together. Like no one knows what we're doing. Well, (laughs) I think it's important too, to realize like Lindsay and I know a lot about Instagram marketing, a lot about Instagram strategy, a lot. Like we have, I will say there have been seasons where I will point blank say I had my shiz figured out and I was crushing it. And there's like, now we're in the season where we're like, okay, stuff shifted, business, like things started pivoting, our accounts, you know, like the directions are changing. So we're in this season of like re-identifying and re-navigating and those ebbs and flows are okay. Like, it's not like you're always going to be totally lost and struggling on Instagram. Like there were years where Lindsay and I both were clear, concise. We knew what we were doing. We were crushing, we were growing, we were, you know, whatever. And now we're in the season of we were so busy on the back end of our businesses that we kind of let our personal Instagrams kind of like just do their own thing, kind of exist a bit for a season. And now we're like, okay, back to cruising on this platform. 
okay, but wait, what does this look like now? Because now we have like this whole business brand. So our pages aren't educational pages anymore. They're, you know, so it's like there's ebbs and flows mm-hmm. that come with it. You know, like the, the pivots and the season changes as you launch new businesses, as your businesses pivot, as stuff changes, there's going to be like seasons of navigating and figuring out. Totally. Well, I think to answer your question, Angie, uh, how we're rocking right now, which (laughs) could change, is I think as we've kind of developed our personal pages into more personal brand pages, we're focusing a lot more, especially on stories with lifestyle content. Like when I go to story on my own Instagram, I don't think... I mean, if my engagement's low, then I think strategically like, oh, let's do a Q&A. Let's take a pause for 24 hours and go back. And so it like boosts my story views. Um, so obviously there's like strategy there, but I don't I don't approach my personal Instagram with the same like strategy of like, okay, let's teach on this topic on Mondays and then let's do this topic on Wednesdays. That's more focused for the heart for us just because that's where our education platform really is and where we obviously like sell our courses. So that makes more sense for the heart. Whereas us, people follow us for like Evie's vibes and her lifestyle and her marriage tips. And like, they follow me for comedy or (laughs) motherhood or stuff like that. So like we, it's less strategy. I don't know. Evie, would you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. Well, yes, but I almost want to backtrack and discuss some of the strategies because Lindsay or Angie, you were asking, you know, can there, is it purely entertainment? Is there education? You know, what do people, what should people be thinking about? So I almost want to backtrack and start talking a little tiny bit, because this is a whole five-hour conversation and like a course in and of itself on creating like an Instagram strategy and an Instagram blueprint. So Angie, what you were talking about and asking in the sense of, do we have like almost like strategic formula for Instagram. And I would say, yes, we have blueprints that we go off of. Right now, we're in the season of kind of re-identifying and re-navigating what our personal pages look like. But for the majority of business owners listening to this who are trying to navigate how to build and show up on Instagram, I want to break down a couple of things for you. So first and foremost, there are different... like. Strategies that you can utilize on Instagram. There are different categories of what you can pay attention to. So Angie was asking about, you know, entertainment versus education. And I would say that those kind of go into one of the overarching pillars, not even a pillar, it's called content types, is what Lindsay and I call it. Of there are different like four or five different content types that you're creating. So there can be like educational, there can be stockable content, there can be viral content, there can be entertaining content. Um, And there, you know, there's a variety. Every, I would say Instagram coach, marketing coach is probably going to have different phrases or names for them, or maybe like a couple extra categories or maybe a few less. So there's flexibility within that. But that's where like you might go and think, okay, am I creating this to try to reach new people and immediately identify with who I am and what I bring to the table? That's probably going to fall into your viral content type. Whereas if you are, you know, showing up on stories in a more personal, like Lindsay was saying, and more lifestyle or Angie, you know, more humor or whatever that looks like, that's probably going to go into your stockable content type, which is more like when people find the viral content, whether it's a carousel or a, you know, a shareable graphic or a reel, they're going to be able to come to your page and see these stories that are that human connection or these feed like, posts that are more fall in love with you. Exactly. So there's like different content types. And then within that, you can like 
break it down. There's, there's so much to this, but there's content categories that can kind of help you like categorize and identify strategically. What am I creating? What is the purpose behind this content? Like who is it trying to reach? And that'll help identify what type of content you're creating. So you're not just filming a story or filming a reel or writing a caption, hoping that somebody hears it and likes it. There's some strategy behind it. So there are formulas and I really believe in them. And I really think it can help, especially if you're just feeling lost on social media, it really helps to have some guidelines of like intentional strategic content that's going to reach the right people with the right content at the right time. But again, it's a guide and that can shift even. Like I had all of those blueprints and strategies and formulas nailed down for years, even like within a couple pivots. And now Lindsay and I are literally in a season where we're basically going back, scrapping it all and start like rewriting our formulas and making sure we have clarity again on what we're creating. And I think Lindsay would, I don't know, I want both of you to tag in on this, but I think lack of clarity on social media is where a lot of marketer, like, business owners struggle with marketing. They don't understand what they need to create and why and when. And so it feels so overwhelming that we avoid it entirely. So those formulas can be super helpful. And yeah, it, but again, they not everyone uses them. And if you're super clear and feel like you're crushing it on Instagram, you don't need a, a super strategic formula. But if you're lost, it might be helpful. Yeah. Oh, this is so good. I feel like this is like a juicy roundtable discussion. <laughs> And and something that, masterclass. No, yeah, this is like a masterclass. I think something you guys will echo as well is what you do in the beginning is not necessarily what you will need to do or will do as you grow. And this yeah. is just honest, tough love. If you just started Instagram yesterday and you have twelve followers, what you need to do is very different than if you've built the optionality to play around a bit. You know, I had a niche for many years. I was in wellness, and then very niched into marketing. So now for me to be able to dance around a bit, I'm able to do that. You guys are able to... You have the leverage now and the ability to be a little bit more flexible in the lifestyle content. And I think that's maybe not fun to say, but it's a just, it's an honest thing to say. Like, hey, listen, if you started yesterday or last week or last year, it's a little bit of a different conversation. You probably have to create some more of that searchable niche specific, specific content before you get to the point where people are like, Oh my God, what cat food does your cat eat? You know, <laughs> like, I would right. say you have to earn the right for people to be interested in your cat. Like it's now 11 years in where people are like, Oh my gosh, what did pickles do today? And I'm just like, that's what they want to know. Like I thought you wanted to, you know, so it's, it's very interesting how it evolves as you evolve. Yeah. It just kind of grows up with you. So it's almost like keeping in mind that it's okay to evolve and change because I'm, I'm in the same season where I'm like, wow, I have a few different niches now. Do I just show them all because all of them are me? And it's this interesting mm-hmm. space you're in then when it's not just like, I'm I'm a this one thing and I'm going to sell this one thing. It's like, I'm many different things now. So it's almost like this is just a representation of my current expression of my creativity and where I'm at in my journey. Because I'm 32. Totally. And when I first started Instagram, I was, I don't know, 19, 20. I'm obviously a very different woman now. What I care about, what I value... And I also want to hear your guys' thoughts on people follow people for different reasons. So I'm, I'm giving myself permission around that too, where it's like, yeah, I'll follow somebody for comedy just to have that sense of relief. And then I'll follow, like, I mean, I love your page to just feel like, oh, when I miss California and I just yeah. want to feel like homey and safe and awesome. And it just feels very 
like loving and your marriage is so beautiful. And, <laughs> and Lindsay, you know, I want to see your kids. And I'm just like, they're just so cute. You know, it's like, I go to different people for different things. Yeah. I don't expect one person to be like, okay, you better give me everything I've ever needed on this yeah. app. So I'm, yeah. Oh, I'm just, I'm curious your thoughts on like evolution too. And the niche, like that can, do you agree that like, it's not going to stay the same. And you, you guys almost are at the point now where you probably don't need a super niche, 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 like, yeah, a few sub niches, but you guys have the personality and the leverage now to play around a bit. Yeah, that's so true. Well, I also think a lot of beginners that maybe they're just starting their business or just starting like a, a brand on Instagram. They look at people that might have been doing it a while and that are maybe doing like uh, us three that are maybe bouncing around a lot of different things and don't seem like we're super, super niche down. And and they try to do that when they have 12 followers. And that I don't believe is going to work. Like you have to build something that you're known for originally to even get that traction. And then I think like you just said, Angie, you have that freedom and flexibility to start navigating around because you, you've built ability to get have people yeah. care about your cat. Like they don't care about your cat when you have 12 followers. You haven't given them a reason to care about your Although cat. Although maybe because the 12 followers might be like mom, sister, brother-in-law. That's, that's true. <laughs> Very like, true. I, I know I was laughing the other day. Some girls like, Hey, I miss pickles. It's been four days or something. I'm just like, wait, this is so funny that you get to the point where it's almost like, yeah, it, it's, it's just so, so different than, yeah. it's so different than how it started. Yeah. And that's just a reminder that to not scroll and compare and try to do what somebody who's 10 years ahead of you is doing, because it's such a different experience and a different yeah. audience and their strengths are different than your strengths. Like, I tell people, if you don't want to be funny, you don't have to be like, that's not your thing. Like lean into your thing. If it's aesthetics, I would lean hard into it. If I knew how to make my feet pretty, I would just be like (laughs) the prettiest feet ever. I just don't know how. Yeah. I don't know how. Look at my fashion set. Do you think I know how to make a feet pretty? I just don't know. (laughs) But I like going to them because I'm like, oh, she's so cute. And that makes me feel so like bougie and visually aesthetic. And I love feeling like that for a moment. It's like vicariously, I can do that aesthetic. (laughs) Well, I think that's so important, Angie. You hit on that like so perfectly and like stay in your lane and recognize like what's circling back to authenticity. What's authentically you? Like what do you, what brings you joy in creating? At least that's what I really use as my compass. Like I think I'm a ish funny person. I would not say I'm like a funny person and comedy is like my strength, but like I can crack a joke here and there. I have like a dry sense of humor, love bantering with my brothers or like whatever. But on social media, like I just, it does the idea of like comedy and like creating skits and like, sure, there'll be some funny reels I'll do here and there. That like talking to like the two people that like jam on that. So we're like, I know. So that's why I'm like, I know. And I love that you girls do that. But there was a season for me where I felt this like pressure of uh, these two. Oh, I have to be funny. Yeah. Like I felt like I have to be a super funny person like Lindsay or like Angie, or I also felt I was scrolling and I, I saw these create these educators on reels that were sitting kind of in the niche and the lane that Lindsay and I sat in for so many years of like my personal page used to be like five tips for Instagram stories, three tips for, you know, whatever. That's all that content is now on the heart. And I felt this pressure of like, oh my gosh, my page could be growing because I was watching these creators grow significantly from that clear niche and like consistently showing up on reels. And I felt this too pressure. I was like, okay, I need to just full lean into comedy. Or I was like, oh, I just need to fully lean into like Instagram tips again and like backtrack like two years. 
And I finally, I had some conversations with friends and I like sat myself down and I was like, what is bringing me joy to create in this season? And what am I like fully enjoying? And I was like, it's like the personal stuff, the aesthetics. I love, you know, sharing the little moments in like your day or in your world or in your life that, you know, are inspiring me and bringing me little sparks of joy. And I want other people to feel that sense of like inspiration and encouragement and peace. And I was like, okay, so I'm not like a comedian. And it's, I think that's so important to just, and I think it shifts season to season too, to lean into what's bringing you joy to create and without feeling like this pressure of you have to be a certain person one way or another. If you're like, if you're not an aesthetic person, do not lean into that. It's not going to bring you joy. It's going to drain and suck the life out of you. But if you're also maybe not like this hilarious person, like Angie and Lindsay, like maybe don't try to fit in that mold. Cause again, it's going to suck the life out of you. So it's also, you're not going to be funny if you try to be funny and you're not funny. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. true. It's not going to go over well. <laughs> That's so good. And it, it sounds so cheesy, but that just gave me chills because at the end of the day, what people are attracted to is somebody who's just being so them. Like I yeah. love following creators who as a fellow creator, I'm like, that girl is so her. She loves creating that content. And that's the greatest compliment to receive. They're like, you look like you're having so much fun. So it makes me inspired to go do what, what I want to go do with my life. That is the inspiration is just seeing you be you. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that's so interesting. You don't have to talk about authenticity. You can just be it. And that's what inspires people to be it. So it's same thing. It's like, if you started cracking jokes on yours, I mean, or you were like trying to be somebody you weren't, I'd be like, no, I'll go back to being you. I like to yeah. be you. That's why I came here is to see you and your faith-based stuff and your marriage. Like that feels good. Cause I can tell it's you, Yeah, you know? Absolutely. So it is weird when you can tell girls are getting caught in the comparisonitis, which I want to get into. And they start doing the same like fitness booty pic or yeah. the same posts or quotes or the same thing that, the other cool girls in the niche are posting. And the next thing you know, we all have the same feed. But imagine if we all really were just us more, right? Like, I, I don't know. What are your thoughts on like comparisonitis and scrolling? And how do you guys control that? Because it's it's so easy to get lost in that and scroll all day. And then you're like, oh no, I feel like I suck. It, well, it kind of goes to what Evie was just saying of like how she almost had like a freak out of like, oh, okay, I see people doing what I kind of used to do. And now they're like growing and crushing it on reels. So now I feel the need to go do that, even if it doesn't 100% align with where I am in life or a season right now. But then I also see this and I feel like there's just so much pressure from from all directions, especially online, because we're only seeing a a fraction of, of someone's reality, right? But then we're also comparing it to, oh, that that exploded for that person. So let me start doing that. And I think in that, hustle to do that. We're forgetting. We're like, we're chasing success for somebody else and trying to get it for us. But we're forgetting that the reason that probably was successful, that person is because that aligned so well with who they were and where they are in their business or in their life. Whereas we are not them. God created us unique and beautiful and amazing. And and all three of us are so different. Even us just three sitting here. And when we actually lean in, just like, I mean, you both were saying, when we lean into our talents, our giftings, who God created us to be and show up like that and just release the pressure of comparisonitis and like forgetting what everyone else is doing and really truly hone in on who we are. That's like, that's what attracts people. Just like you said, Angie, like people are so craving real authenticity, like people just being a hundred percent them, no BS. And I think that's, what's going to grow. And, but that even that, like, I don't think that should necessarily be your focus. Like, 
don't be authentic. Like we were saying, just for growth, be authentic because you love creating your content and you would create it even if two people watched it. Uh, what are your habits around consumption? How do you guys create more than you consume? Do you have time limits? I mean, this is hard. Let's just be real. It's human to compare. Do you guys mute certain things so you can stay more focused? You only have your top 10 people that you follow and then you get off the app. Because again, I go through seasons where I'm really good and then there'll be a month like every year where I'm like, wow, I consumed so much that now mm-hmm. I don't feel confident. And I'm like, yeah. wow, am I even that funny? Because then you're following up all the other people in that niche. And the next thing you know, you think you suck. And you're like, what do I do? And whenever I like go in and I tune out the noise, that's when I get the clarity, right? And yeah, like you said, that's when I hear when God is like, Angie, you're here to just be so you. So just keep being fully you like that is the magic that is the the secret sauce but that feels almost too easy because i think a lot of times what comes easy to us should be the it's almost like what our gift is is usually what comes easy to us and is difficult for others yeah you know what i mean like if it's easy for us to be funny it feels effortless it feels flowy it feels like what i'm here to do but then somebody else i have many friends who are like dude that would feel so weird that would feel i would feel such a resistance doing that but then what she does I couldn't do, but it feels so flowy and easy to her. Yeah. So it's, I've just been thinking about this a lot lately. Like, what if we're all actually here just to create what I don't know? Yeah. <laughs> it's hard what to make it work. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Should we just all be an authentic expression of ourselves? But how do I say that so it doesn't sound so cheesy? Because like, what does that even mean? You know? <laughs> well, I think I think it's leaning into your natural personality, your natural joy. That's like where I sit, and when I'm coaching students and when I'm talking to people, I'm like you know, we'll be building out because I have this whole Instagram blueprint and this process that I take my coaching students through to help them create clarity and like, you know, structure and strategy behind social media. And as we're creating and going through, you know, these formulas and these documents and I'm asking questions and we're filling it out and writing it out and all of this, I'll ask them sometimes, they'll be like, you know, well, people are really responding that like, I get a lot of engagement on X post and such and such, and I'll hear something in their tone and I'll be like, okay, do you like creating that content? And she'll be like, no, but people really respond to it. And I just feel like I should. And I'll be like, I want you to remove that. I want you to entirely eliminate that content pillar and that content, you know, piece of content that you're creating from your social media for a month and a half. And let's like test out these things that are bringing you joy and let's see what happens. And it's just one of those things where like, if it's not bringing you like a joy, and I know social media can be draining for people. So I'm not saying like, you wake up in the morning and are like, oh my gosh, I want to create this. You know, some people will never feel that. However, when you go to create on social media, if it just makes you want to curl into a ball and like cry, there's something that you're creating. I would say either figure out what way you can do that differently. Like for some people, it's like, offering my products or services. So like selling, there's such a, like a mindset of like salesy, slimy, pushy, you know, manipulative around sales. So I would say that might be the problem in and of itself. Let's figure out and fix that mindset and that perspective. Or if it's simply, you know, I don't like sharing, um, let's say your marriage or, you know, your kids, there's just something that like, it feels personal and private in a way that the idea of sharing it makes you just like, ugh, it just doesn't, you like shiver, you want to run away, you don't like it, but you're like, oh, people really react and respond well to photos of me and my husband, but that just feels so personal and I want it to be personal. I would say, cut that out. You don't have to share your marriage. You don't have to share, you know. So for me, I think it comes down to like identifying 
that type of content, like you were saying, Angie, like what feels flowy? What's, what feels easy? What brings you joy? Like when you're talking, pay attention to when you're talking with your friends, what's coming out? What are you talking about? What, what's, you know, the tone that you're saying things in, are you like laughing and joking and being maybe a little more lighthearted or do you love those more personal, serious, deep, you know, conversations and just lean into your strengths, lean into your personality. And the last thing I want to say is in this is sometimes it can take time. And sometimes you navigating and figuring out your voice and your brand voice on social media within your brand, it takes time to figure out and to navigate. And that's okay. It's okay if you do start talking about X thing or sharing, you know, your marriage or, you know, maybe starting off a little more serious in your tone and then realizing, actually, I love mixing in some like levity and some lightheartedness and, you know, a little more like relatable. Let's show up with a messy bun and PJs and mascara under my eyes when I wake up. Like I actually like a mixture of things. Then that's great. You've you figured it out. So don't put this pressure on yourself that A, you have to fit into like a mold and a box that everyone else is in. And B, that you have to have it figured out right away. Sometimes there's like this discovery process and enjoy that process. You don't have to have the answer right off the bat. Have you ever been working with your team on a project and you're trying to do everything over email? And let's be real, things work well enough in the beginning, but once you start adding more than a couple of people or sharing more than a couple of files, the whole thing becomes a big old mess. We relate to that big time. We uh, started our team communication via text messaging. So let's just say that got very messy very fast. (laughs) Yes, this is where Basecamp comes in. Basecamp is designed to make managing projects easy for everyone. Basecamp offers a straightforward concept of project management, and it allows collaboration with internal team and clients. Yes, a lot of Basecamp customers use it to collaborate with clients, but it was also built to help teams stay in the loop of the work they need to do without overwhelming everyone with countless emails and notifications. The company as a whole is big on work-life balance, and you know we love that here too. Go to Basecamp.com forward slash heart and sign up today to start a free 30-day trial. There's no credit card required and you can cancel online at any time. Yes, if you want to know if Basecamp is right for your team, signing up for a trial is the best way to do so. Remember to go to Basecamp.com forward slash heart to get your free trial. Thank you, Basecamp, for sponsoring this episode. Have you ever wondered what your credit score is? And if the free apps are actually telling you the correct score? Well, wonder no more. We have an amazing company for you, credit.com. Credit.com has a product, Extra Credit, that gives you unmatched credit coverage. It helps you build, track, guard your credit, and more. And with Extra Credit, you get 28 FICO scores, rent and utility reporting, $1 million ID insurance, dark web scans, cash rewards, and a discount to a leader in credit repair. We mean it when we say there is no other credit solution that compares. To sign up for Extra Credit, go to credit.com forward slash heart and get started there. To sweeten the deal, you can even get the first seven days absolutely free. It is just $24.99 plus tax a month after the free trial and you can cancel anytime. So go check out Extra Credit one more time at credit.com forward slash heart. I mean, I would be mad if Lindsay didn't share her little girls though anymore. I would, yes. <laughs> I would, there would be riots. and I would say cancel my, well, it's not a subscription, but I would say, <laughs> what's the point anymore? People with really cute kids aren't sharing their kids anymore. And I find it offensive. <laughs> Angie's like, I am not okay. <laughs> That's hysterical. See every morning at 7 a.m. and say, send me a cake. What are you doing now? I'll just personally do that for you. I'm so oh, with her. I literally show her to play probably once a week. I'm like, she's so cute. Like I can't oh. even, it hurts. It actually hurts. <laughs> I love it so much. I, well, our DNA creates cute children. All right. Anyways, uh, 
What are your habits? What do you guys like? Because again, like like you're saying, it's almost like what you love will help you be consistent. And if you're mm-hmm. consistent, that's how you you grow on the app. So it all goes back to if you don't enjoy it, you're not gonna be consistent. Yeah. So then how do you guys, before we get into batching and consistency, do you have little hacks or things you do so you don't scroll too much and you create more than you consume? Do you have to mute certain pages? Even if you love it, but you're like, I, I it's too much comparisonitis. Like, what do you, what do you totally. guys do? Yeah, I think either unfollow if you can, but if, if, if it's a person that is either a friend or like you just know that it might offend them if, if you do unfollow, like absolutely mute somebody if, if their content is triggering for you in a season, but like you love them as a, or, or maybe you don't even know them. You mute them anyway, whatever. It doesn't matter. Um, mute them so that if that's content is triggering you, like get in your own zone so that that cuts out a comparisonitis in one way. Another way is, yes, I, I love what you just said, Angie, and that's what I try to do is create before you consume. I personally, this is more of like a lifestyle, like work-life balance tip, but I have... Um, I don't know what the screen time like stops on my iPhone. So you can set up screen times. Obviously, like you can set timers for like certain apps, but I don't even do that. I just pick certain apps that are social or internet or work heavy um, and just leave things like my texting and Google Maps and a calendar or something, or like not even calendar, uh, like a calculator. Things that I would need maybe at like different hours of the day. And I shut them off. I have a setting on my iPhone and anybody with an iPhone could do this, but you have a trigger that it sets, it shuts off. I think for me, it's at 8 p.m. to 8 a.m. So I cannot get on those apps at, during those times. Um, and if I do, you know, cause like there's a setting on an iPhone where if you like click it to try to get it on, it'll be like, oh, would you like one minute 15 or like all day? Well, if you don't have like a passcode, you literally your natural human nature is just to be like, oh yeah, ignore. I want it all day. And it's like, you completely just ignore your boundaries with that. So what I personally do is my husband sets up a code that I don't know. So it helps keep me in check. And then I do it for his phone too, but he struggles with this way less. Cause he, <laughs> if, he ha- if he could have a flip phone, he would. He actually had that at one point. But um, so that helps me just like not be scrolling at night, not be like comparing myself to somebody on the internet right before I go to bed. Like that helps work-life balance a lot. Just like making sure that Instagram, I view it as work, which Mm -hmm. is hard because it is a social media app and it's fun, right? Like we enjoy consuming other people's content, whether or not we were attached to it for work at all. That's just something, you know, everyone has an Instagram, whether or not they're actually doing it for a business. Um, And so- pineapples and pizza. Right. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Uh, Angie, for anybody that doesn't know, I was talking about a troll comment that I got this morning that I shared. (laughs) Um, That guy's my best friend. Don't talk bad about him, okay? That's we love like him. best friend in the whole world. And she's like, how dare you? He's your like, That's clearly like, a, like yeah. a middle schooler. Boy, I bet you anything it's like a middle school boy. He said my content was cringe. And to that, I say, awesome. Thanks. I'll continue being cringe. Um, but I think that helps me is just like set those boundaries and then make sure that when I'm starting my work day, if I am creating reels that day, maybe it's my batch reel creation day, like start that before you get in a scroll hole suck of just like consuming people's content and then being like, oh my gosh, they're so funny. I need to be like her. Cause I've definitely done that. And then it just like craps me out for the rest of the day. Yeah, absolutely. How do you guys batch create? You're really good at this. And you seem to both be very intentional about your time, especially Lindsay, I mean, you're a mom of two now. It's like time is your most valuable asset. You don't have time to fart around as much. It's like, yeah. okay, it's Monday. I got to do this between 12 and two. How do you guys advise that people batch? It's actually something that 11 years into being a creator, I'm now refining and working on because I was afraid that it would make me boring. I was afraid that it would take away my creativity, but I'm realizing that I need to just, I need to do it in order to be more efficient. 
Yeah. Well, I feel, I feel like I, though I am the mom, Evie, I think, is more of a stickler <laughs> with it and forces me to be, which is healthy for me. So I'll let her answer this question. Oh, I, I love that. Yes. I am very much. Well, what's interesting, Angie, I know like you've talked about this a ton. So I think this will be interesting for your audience to hear. I am also an Enneagram 7. So, but I have learned that I work so well with structure within my business. And that actually creates more freedom for me to be more creative, to have more free time, to be able to fully unplug and rest and enjoy other activities in my life. So that's part of where like Lindsay like gets that is like, as a, as a prime example, last year we, um, had, it was just a crazy year in business. So much was happening for us. We had so many launches, just things were happening. And we were taking meetings and like podcasting any day of the week. And I started realizing, I was like, I have no deep work days anymore. And I like, there's no time for me to batch out any sort of content. And when I have meetings, I don't know if this is anyone else or just my brain and the way it operates. When I have a meeting in a day, it, my whole day revolves around that appointment and that meeting. And I do not feel this mental freedom to do other things because I feel constrained within like something in my day. And I know that's probably like intense and maybe not everyone deals with that, but that's how I feel. If I have one meeting in a day, it could be first, well, first thing in the morning is a little bit better. But if I have a meeting in the middle of the day or in the evening or anything like that, my whole day revolves around that. And I feel no mental freedom and creative freedom to do anything else. So this year I like went into our team retreat and I was like, team, we are only doing meetings on Thursdays. I'm so sorry. I'm going to be like a B on that this year. I will only take meetings on Thursdays. And like, we figured out a whole new podcasting system. So we're getting really good at it. And my whole work life is changing again, which is incredible. But when it comes to batching social media specifically, um, I, it, everyone operates and, and approaches this differently. So I don't want to say there's like a one size fits all formula, but, um, typically what I do is I have like, maybe like 30 minutes a day or so that I'll like set a timer or sit down and know like, okay, I'm going to scroll reels or TikTok and I'm going to pay attention to trends, trending sounds, things that I listen to. And I'm going to save stuff to like my saved audios or, you know, whatever, download from TikTok and put into a folder on my phone to reference whatever. And like jot down ideas as they come to me throughout the week. And then I do carve out specific times, like my... Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Fridays are like my really deep work batch days. And I'll assign like, okay, on Wednesday, I'm going to get dressed, put on makeup, and I'm going to batch film like all 15 of these reels for the first couple weeks of the month or whatever. And then either I'll have like, if it's the heart reels that I'm filming, the team will like caption them and edit them and stuff and like put text over them. Or if it's my own personal ones, I'll go in and do that throughout. Like once I've planned out the content. If that makes sense, I'll have another... Sometimes it's the same day. Sometimes it's not. I'll have another day where I sit down and I actually plan out my whole like schedule of, you know, okay, this is where this reel fits in. This is the concept that's going to go with it. Because I don't always have a concept. Like, if it, especially if it's like a trending sound or a lip sync, sometimes I'm just filming it and I don't have a concept to it. So I'll go in and like actually put it into my quote unquote content calendar. And that's a whole nother batch section that'll probably take like an hour or so. And I'll then I'll have a, a batch space in time where I batch out all of my captions for everything and plan out my feed and like plug those into like Planoly and put everything together. So I think 
sometimes when people hear batch content, they think like one day I find all the audio, I film all of them, I edit the reels, I write the captions, and now my social media is good for the whole month. (laughs) And if somebody can do that, massive kudos to you. My brain cannot handle that. (laughs) Um, That's too much creation in my head. So I typically like I'll film and maybe edit the reels in one day, and then I'll write all the captions and plan all the content and the grid and everything in another day. And I'll find all of the stuff in another. So it's like batching content does not mean that you do everything for one task in one sitting. So like social media I spread it out throughout several days, throughout the weeks, throughout several weeks. But yeah, I try to just like look at my calendar when there's no meetings, when I have the space to be creative. Angie, I know you've probably talked about this on your show before, but I am being very strategic this year with trying to cycle sync my creation and my batching with when I'm in like my ovulation phase or you know when I'm feeling the most creative and inspired and like sexy and badass. And I'm like, that's when I'll put my face on camera for like two days straight. I'll just film reels. And I feel like I'm working with my body and when I feel most energized. So that's the other thing. If I have it scheduled for a certain day where I'm like, okay, I'm going to film all these reels. And then the day comes and I'm like, the last thing I want to do, like I filmed one or two reels and I'm like, I just, I can't be on camera today. I don't know why. I just, I'm not feeling it. This is sucking the life out of me. I'll, if I have the freedom and flexibility, I'll be like, great. I'm going to push this to another day. Today, I'm going to write the captions or today I'm going to work on this other deep work task in my other company or whatever. So there's flexibility there too, but having that structure, I think can really help you get it all, like get in the headspace and get it all knocked out in a way that leaves you more freedom to be consistent with your posting because you've created multiple pieces of content in a shorter amount of time. Lindsay, do you have anything to add to that? No, you just like crushed it. Okay. That was, that was <laughs> I just fantastic. talked for like five minutes straight. I mean, I, I, do, the, I do the same thing of like of, yeah. of batching the segments of, of real creation or just content creation in general versus feeling like, or even like say it's a blog post. So you, like that's intimidating to write like, 10 blog posts, like, and then get them prepped and ready to go out all at once. Or, I mean, you know, like same thing with podcasting, we batch recording and then our audio, not our audio, uh, our podcast manager like batches everything else. And she does it in chunks too. So yeah, you said it all. Yeah. It, it, it is funny how there's one week of every month where I'm just like, mm, just not feeling yep. it. And then I look <laughs> at the calendar and sure enough, it's yeah. The week of my period, I just don't create as much. And I give myself the grace to do that. And I think that's totally healthy if you can do it. If you have the ability to do that, milk it. I think it's great <laughs> because it's literally our brain just does not want to be social or creative and it's fine because when yeah. you're ovulating, you feel amazing. So yeah, you're like, I am the woman of the year. I am yeah. my face in front of the camera. Like <laughs> That's a real I need to make. It's on my to-do list where it's like me ovulating working. I'm just like, I am so smart. I'm so creative. Yeah. <laughs> I'm crushing it. And me on my period, I'm just like, I'm a toad. Yeah. <laughs> like, I just don't care. I'm like, I want to quit everything. I'm like, this is stupid. <laughs> so I want to see that real. That's amazing. I know. I'm like, I should record it today. I need to do it. My question is on stories, how do you guys sell, right? I mean, obviously you're directly or indirectly selling. Either is great. I'm a huge fan of using stories to sell. I'm curious what you guys have seen with links, DMs, your thoughts on the DMs. I've been doing something recently where I'll have my audience DM me an emoji and then I have a auto reply uh, link or code that I'm sending them because Mm -hmm. sometimes if you put a link up, which is so weird that Instagram does this, but it can affect your engagement because Instagram doesn't want you to go to 
to leave the app and go somewhere else. But then they also gave us that feature. So it doesn't make sense to me. But <laughs> I've been trying that and it works really well for conversions because people feel like it's more intimate, which it is. And mm-hmm. it takes more time. But um, yeah, curious your thoughts on how you guys sell on stories. I mean, I know you both do a lot of face to camera. Yeah. What are your thoughts on how to be a good human selling on stories? I think a lot of people struggle with this, first of all, especially people that like, I mean, for us three, like stories are like our favorite thing because we're very like extroverted and we love talking with people. But I think for a lot of people, talking to the camera is terrifying. But I would encourage somebody who is wanting to sell on Instagram to push through that because it, I mean, it is true. A connection, like we said earlier, sells trust sells. And the best way that you're going to get connection and trust from your followers is for them to hear your voice and see your face like a hundred percent. The more that they can feel like you're a best friend FaceTiming them when you tell them, uh, please, I buy this product. It changed my life. Or I created this product to change your life. Uh, they're going to trust you much more than if you just put up a slide. that's like, hi, my course is on sale or Hey, like, um, I'm affiliating this shirt, go buy it. Like why? Like you have not given me a reason to. So for us, we really lead with our face, um, whether we're like doing a course launch or whether it's even just like me selling something like that I'm affiliating. I always want to try to incorporate it into my lifestyle and make it as organic as possible so it doesn't feel salesy or spammy. Um, so like, for example, if it, say it's a course that we're selling, I want to talk to people about why we created it, what pain point it solves. Like, I just want to be honest. And like, I mean, we said this earlier about, about how like younger generations are like fishing out just like slaves. Wow. I can't talk sleazy, like salesy stuff. Like they can fish it out. So it's like, be honest with them. Be like, Hey, I created this to change your life. And here's yeah. some like people that have like, re- like just be bold about it. Um, the other thing is like, if you're affiliating something, try to give it, like try to sell it in a way that's very, very organic. Um, I have an example that I just literally did this week. I was talking about screen-free parenting and I had a collab that I need to post with a a toy company that is very like Montessori. If anybody knows what that is, it's like very like educational play. And so I was like, oh, this is perfect. I'm literally already talking about how I, my goal with screen-free is to like help them learn and help them get away from screens. So how do I do that? Oh, through toys. Oh, by the way, let me show you something (laughs) that I like. It was very organic. And I think that's a really great way to sell because people are trusting you. And I also think this is not even like your sales will be benefited when you just naturally are showing up and and being real when you're not selling. Because the more that they trust you, even when you're not selling, they're going to trust you when you actually say, Hey, go buy this thing. They'll be like, okay, great. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think to, to tag on to what Lindsay was saying, there's like, there's definitely hacks. Like, you know, Angie, you were saying like, you're starting to directly DM people instead of taking a hit to your engagement. Yeah. That's so good. Which is, it's so true. And so frustrating. Like why the heck did Instagram start doing that with links that like, it like dings you so hard, but I love, you know, there's hacks like that. Like I'm going to start trying to do that now. Um, and there's like, when I think of like, if we're in a launch week, for example, so we have like a course that's open for five days, seven days, whatever. And we're in a launch week. I really try to be strategic in that week to infiltrate all of my stories, all of my content with personal stuff and normal content, as well as the more promotional and sales content. So I'm being very upfront and bold, like Lindsay was saying with like, here's what I've created here's why here's, you know, and, and that goes into storytelling too, of like, tell a story with it. Be like, Hey, Lindsay and I met 
you know, years ago. And we started having all these conversations with other photographers who were struggling in their, you know, so we created something to help you get the results that we were getting in our businesses. And we want to see you succeed. So like there's a storytelling aspect within your sales as well. That's huge. Um, but even within that, even within like the storytelling and being authentic and, and having it align organically with who you are and your brand and, you know, the promotional stuff, I also really try to incorporate the more day-to-day life stuff as well. So people aren't feeling like they're just getting run over by a train of like sales, yeah. even if, even if it's, you know, authentic and organic sales, they're not just getting hit by that, like a, for a week straight or a day straight or whatever. It's also incorporating the more, you know, okay, to take a break, look what just happened. This bird just ran into our house and it's now flying around the living room and I can't even get it, you know, like whatever the craziness is, you know, sharing that more, like incorporating that in can help, I think people not feel like they just walked into a used car lot and are getting like hounded by like a salesman who's like, Hey, what about this? What about this? And you're like, Oh my gosh, leave me alone. And then you lose your people's trust. So that's another thing as well. But yeah. Did that answer the question, Angie? Yeah. It's funny because I'm looking to buy a new car right now. And we were at the car dealership the other day <laughs> and I'm laughing because Clay was like, no, that guy was being so weird. I'm like, no, I want him to sell me. I actually need a new car and I, I want to be sold too. Okay. I want him to be, I want him to sell me. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you're like, I want to buy what it is. Tell me what to buy. I need yeah. him to sell me. But it's funny because, um, yeah, I really feel like there's seasons. Yeah. To business and to sales. So what I'll do is I have seasons where I am not selling you at all. You literally, you can't find anything. I mean, obviously you can always go get sold, but it's like, I'm not selling you at all. And the intention is like, we're friends. We're just friends. And I'm just hanging out because I wouldn't text my girlfriend every day links to jeans. I would be like, dude, did you buy the jeans yet? Yeah. Hey, did you buy the jeans yet? She's like, dude, it's 7am. Leave me alone. What are you doing? (laughs) Once in a while, I'm like, Hey, you need this thing. Here's a link. So it's interesting to have that season because then when you unapologetically do go into your launch season, yeah. you can sell and it's not weird because they're like, all right, she does this a few times a year. But other than that, most of the content, she's not asking me for anything. Yeah. And I think that's really healthy, but it's not fun to say because then a lot of people are like, well, I want to make money right away. I'm like, well, you got to play the long game. This is well, not a short-term thing, building a brand. Absolutely. I think it also depends so much on your business model. Because if if you have like you know, a product shop or something, you're, you're a jewelry maker and you have necklaces and earrings and things like, yeah, you totally might have like a significant, you rotate through sales stuff, even throughout the week. Like you have one or two reels or something that's really showing like, here's my pieces. Here's, you know, what they look like on here's the facts and features that, you know, make these different from everything else. But even within like that week or that month or something, there's got to be content of just, you know, that connection, that trust, that service, that value that you're bringing to people. So it's not every single post is like sale, sale, sale. And then if you are like, like us, we have, we're more like service-based, we have courses, we have, you know, all that stuff there. Like Angie was saying, there have to be like seasons and you cannot just burn out your audience, especially with high ticket sales, any sales, but especially high ticket of just being like, bye, 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 bye. Like people will be like, I'm done. Like, yep. this is too much. So, so like, we get it. We get it's it. It's so, so true. You have to focus on like the seasonality of things as well. I'm curious before we close it out, a few more things. What is your honest answer to how often someone should be posting stories and feed? I know this changes. I know that Instagram comes out with new stuff every week, like different numbers and stuff. 
what do you honestly think it is? If you're like real talk between us three, like, are you like, you know what? You probably need to post at least once a day and be on stories a few times a day. Like what, what do you guys think is the, is the number? Let me ask the question. Cause I think that this depends so much on things. Mm-hmm. If the person is the listener trying to grow on that was social literally media. my exact question. <laughs> Same brain. Okay. <laughs> woman A like, is trying to grow. Woman B is not trying to grow. She's just trying to maintain. Yeah. Okay. Okay. For for woman, wait, you said woman A is trying to grow? Yeah. Susie's trying to grow and Becky is trying to maintain. Okay. Okay. I'll I'll answer for Susie and you answer for Becky. I got you. For Susie, if you are legitimately trying to grow, then you probably don't want to hear this, but consistency is key and ideally consistency every day. So like I I would truly recommend posting either like a feed post or a reel every single day or both more than once a day is ideal. But obviously like we have lives, we get it uh, and story every single day. Um, That's for Susie who wants to actively grow and is in that season of like, I am pushing and really trying to catapult my Instagram right now. Like you can't, expect to grow by only posting once a week. Yeah. That's just the hardest truth. And even within, you know, for Susie's answer within like every day, like Lindsay was saying, I would say stories have like 10 to 15 story slides per day spread throughout the day if you can. Um, and on your feed posts, like we said, the, the more, the better without like, you don't want to intentionally be creating crappy content that you're like, this does not even align with my niche. This doesn't right. reach my ideal person. Like we're not but saying get rid that. of perfectionism. Yes. Because exactly. I think that paralyzes people a lot. Absolutely. It doesn't have to be perfect content cons- like all the time, but trying to post like, like I would say one reel and one feed post a day, if you can, and 15 to, you know, 10 to 15 story slides at a minimum per day. For, if you're really, really trying to grow and then that's, doing that's lives. to Susie. Yeah. Doing live. Like the more you can do within your niche, the more strategic, the better for growth. For Becky on girl, woman B, if you are just trying to maintain, because there are seasons, I want to say this too, there are seasons of growth and there are seasons of just nurturing and maintaining and not pushing so hard. Um, For Becky, I would say... (laughs) stories pretty consistently. That's the area where I would be like, you're going to really maintain and nurture your people through stories. So I would, if you can, I would just keep up stories like five to 10 a day for maintaining. I know that's a lot for some people, but it doesn't have to be fancy. It doesn't have to be anything crazy. It could simply be like, here's a little glimpse of what's on my to-do list today. Here's, you know, a funny story. Here's whatever. So that's like ideal. If you can't do that, I would say, every other day, do five to 10 stories to, to maintain. Um, and then feed posts once a week, if, if you can, um, I'm going to be transparent and just give the listeners permission here. I, for the last like year and a half on my personal page have posted like once a month, um, maybe, but I'm showing up in my stories every day, like 15 to 20 slides, maybe 10. Um, So, but I've just been in a season of just like (laughs) maintaining that page and nurturing my people on it and not trying to grow because I was losing my brain with all the other business stuff behind the scenes. Yeah, you got married. You have a big... You started a swimsuit company. You got married. You had a lot going on. There was a lot happening. It's like, there needs to not be shame in that. I felt the same the last two years. And it's like, dude, if you've been doing this for 11 years, everybody deserves a season where you're like, I need a season of, of maintenance yeah. And to not feel bad about that. Yeah. When you've been so used to like going ham hard. Yeah. Well, and I think it's hard too, when you've seen 
growth. So like so much growth when you are being, you know, woman A and being Susie and posting, you know, and you're seeing that growth. And then there comes to a season where like your growth just kind of like stays, maybe like creeps up a tiny bit, like per year. Um, There's definitely like, at least for me, there's a part that's like, oh, I'm not seeing the results I need. And it's like that frustration, but it's also like, I was going to lose my mind if I didn't. And I think for entrepreneurs, you need to know that you have that permission, especially if your sales and your business is doing okay without you being on there 24 seven, then like take a step back and give yourself that space and that break that you need. That was what's I, that, wow. That's what I was going to say is Instagram is one way to market a business. It is one avenue of showing up in the world. And it doesn't have to, if it's not your jam, it doesn't have to be your jam. And you don't have to feel bad about not like leaning into it and going Susie Q and posting one to two times a day. Um, Because everyone jives differently with different forms of marketing and different forms of growing their business. Like maybe you want to do a podcast. Maybe you want to lean into SEO. Maybe you want to lean into Pinterest. Like go for that and own it and don't feel bad about it. Yeah. Ooh, okay. Last question. Oh my gosh. This is like, this is so good. For stories, a lot of people want to know the aesthetic. Like you guys... Uh, what, what are your thoughts on should it be the same font always that you use? I feel like I'm mixed on this because part of me is like, well, would I do that in real life? Like how, again, I'm always going back to how I would text my friend. I'm like, okay, would I use the same, you know, tonality of course is always going to be the same because it's me, but the visual part of it, I feel like you guys are similar, but different with this. Yeah. With captions and like, should it be the same color and font? Like I change mine a lot, but like, but I'm like, Hmm, should it be the same? So I can build some cohesiveness with the visual brand. I don't know. <laughs> I think, I think uh, we're going to say the same thing. <laughs> we're going to say the background and photography. So I feel like you guys see things visually in a way that I never will, that maybe I should be seeing things too. Well, yeah. Angie, I feel like even you though, you, you have a bright color scheme, especially like orange and yeah. yellow. Your, I mean, your nails right now are literally yellow. Like that is, to me, that is your color scheme. And so if, when you have text on your stories that are that color consistently, I associate that with Angie, even though you're not, you're less curated, like you're not like showing up with perfect DSLR shots and, and graphics every day, but that yeah. it's still visually cohesive as, as far as brand colors. Mm, yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Well, and I think for Lindsay and I, uh, there are some people on who are like heavy into the aesthetics who are like very strong, like they're designers, graphic designers. Well, there. like they'll, they'll go get like fonts from Canva and then upload them on their stories and then upload that. I like, I do yeah. not have time. Which, I do not. Which have- I will yeah. say, I follow some people who do that and I love the aesthetics of their stuff. And, but I will also will you say- send me one? I want to see what it looks yeah, like. Yeah, we will. <laughs> But I'm going to be like, oh, it looks so good. It does look so good. It's like a branded font and they'll put it over like their reels and their stories and different things. And it looks amazing. I would say maybe even like on reels, if you're a graphic designer, like that might be worth the hassle there. But anyways, um, I will say, I do not think the average person marketing your business needs to do that. Like you, there are ways to like upload color palettes to your stories and have them like saved in your favorites and And then every time you go to like fill, you know, use the dropper tool or color or whatever, you're using like your brand colors. I don't do that personally, um, mostly because my brand colors are what I actually like and love in real life. So typically I'm wearing something that I can like dropper tool it on or like, like, I don't, I do not like brand color curate my stories. I, but I will say, I do think there's some cohesion there because it's the visuals that I love and that inspire me. So like, I tend to stick to more like neutral, like 
browns or yeah. like blush, you know. What's also like, funny is for us, especially for both of our brands and the heart, our brand colors are very similar to like our lips, like the natural color of people's lips. So literally I can just like have a, which is maybe a cheat because like not everyone can do this because it's like a blush tone, like Evie was saying. So literally I'll drop it on my lips like 95% of the time. Wait, that's hilarious. I drop it on my skin, like my cheeks, 90% of yeah, the time. If not like guys, I do think of, um, I think of like a restoration hardware, like warm, like like I think of like a mocha, like a lot. Right. Which, like which tan, there brown. could be some brands out there that like bright blue is their color. They can't do that. So that you would have to like maybe up, if you want to be exact with the color, like yeah. upload a little, like a photo on your camera roll that's saved as your brand photos, drop it on that color and then, and then start drawing or using that for the text. But and I will then, say drag it to the trash. I will say like, even like I use a variety of different, like of my brand colors, even within like Evie Swim or whatever that has like blues or whatever. I just like find it like if you tap and hold on the colors when like you're going, you know, the little circle dots, like it brings oh, up the true. whole color. Like I just guesstimate because I know for the most part, like this shade of blue or the shade of pink or, you know, whatever. So yeah, you can go more involved and have like a color palette that you upload to your phone and pull onto your video and drop or tool it. But to me, that's just too much work and I want it to be easy and fast and simple and I just don't do that. <laughs> Same. Um, you guys are so awesome. Seriously, you are just my favorite. Tell everyone what is coming up for you. You have a live event coming up. Yes. I'm so excited to go to That you're speaking at. I'm so excited. Woo! It's, it's soon, but not soon, but soon. Yeah, it's Woo! coming fast. <laughs> I don't know when this uh, episode is airing, but yeah, so you can you can find us at the Heart University um, or theheartuniversity.com. And the biggest thing that is rocking and rolling is uh, our live event, the Heart Conference on April 25th through 28th in Nashville, Tennessee. And Angie is speaking. We're excited. It's so fun. Live events are the best. There's like we said, so much work, but they're so fun. Yes, we're so excited. It's gonna awesome. be so fun. All right, friend. I hope you loved that episode. Every time I feel like that we just get in a room with Angie or just get on the mic with Angie, it is a good conversation. We freaking love that girl so much. Uh, Her heart, her spunk, her pizzazz, all of it. So I hope you got so many nuggets and goodness uh, from Instagram as the takeaways in this episode. So if you liked this episode, if it really just like or made you be like, oh yes, I resonate, then please screenshot and share this episode on your Instagram stories. Tag us. We love seeing these. We love just seeing any feedback that you guys have um, of just like specific episodes that you're really loving. Um, and as always, come hang out and join the Heart and Hustle community group on Facebook. Link is in the show notes. That's where we pull you guys on future episode topics, future guests. Sometimes when we have guests on, we even uh, ask you the specific question that you want to ask uh, the guest. So it's just, it's a really, it's a good time. It's a party. So come hang out, come join. As always, you can follow me at Mrs. Lindsay Roman. You can follow Evie at Evie Rupp or the Heart University at the Heart University on Instagram. Anyways, we will see you on the next episode.